Welcome to this week's episode of the Geek Offensive Podcast. On the show this week, I was privileged enough to have Justin Keyson back in studio. Thank you for coming aboard, Justin. Oh, of course, man. Thank you for having me again. And we got to talk about a lot about film, but more so how to critique film and how we should be engaging this media. Um, and we're kind of doing this in light of people being so divisive over certain movies and shows like Last Jedi and Game of Thrones. And it, it was nice to have a sensible talk about this. And hopefully we, we help some people out. So, Justin, thank you again. No, thanks for having me. And it's honestly, I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. But when I realized that's the topic you wanted, I couldn't have been more ready to dive in because it's actually been on my mind. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say I've been on your show a couple times. This is probably one of my favorite episodes so far. Fantastic. Mine too. Uh, what, Justin, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Justin Quiz and Twitter at Justin Kizan. And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. Uh, the Geek Offensive has social media as well, and uh, it's just the handle at Geek Offensive on just about everything. This show is part of the Geek Say What Network. Um, so big thank you to the network and to JPG for providing the platform for us. He's making me say thank you to him. Uh, <laughs> uh, but serious, in all seriousness, thank you to the network for letting me talk about nerdy stuff every week. Uh, the network has a plethora of other shows available right now on Google and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your talking. First up, we have Ready, Set, Geek, your starting line to geek culture, hosted by Alex Catherine. Uh, we have Ready, uh, excuse me, uh, bleh, you think I would have nailed this after doing this for over 100 <laughs> episodes. Uh, we have Geek KO, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish, our weekly trivia podcast. We have Nerds on a Roll, hosted by Lauren, Rob, and their whole crew. It's a live play RPG. Uh, and then we also have Diverse Geeks in Focus, hosted by Gemma Vidal, uh, putting a lens on marginalized issues within the geek community. Please download and subscribe to all of those shows. We really do appreciate it. Next shout out goes to Wayland Productions, uh, the who share the space and the equipment with us, and they help us sound great. You can find them at Wayland.ws uh, and look for out for the audio drama Where Live Frontier on Apple Podcasts and Alpha. Uh, f- next up, we have JordanDenay.com, our geek apparel sponsor out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, they're a store that specializes in clothing that helps you look nerdy and it's eco-friendly. So remember, JordanDenay.com. And if you shop with the promo code GeekSayWhat, you get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. And I believe that's it, Justin. Thank you again. Uh, again, I hope everyone gets something out of this one. Uh, this has been uh, a really fun and, uh, I don't get to say this much, enlightening episode of my show. <laughs> wow, this is, uh, this is, I learned something. <laughs> it wasn't just dick jokes and getting drunk. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's fun too, man. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I need that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll but, be back for that shit. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll bring you back on for that. <laughs> Uh, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to check out r slash don't put your dick in that to join the offensive. Cue my music. Small mom pop store. You still have a pallet jack. That's more than most <laughs> stores have. You know, I remember the day they were like, we're going to get two. I went, whoa. Whoa. Two. <laughs> Moving uh, up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, but uh, Justin, thanks again for coming in. Of course. Um, no, and I, uh, 
oddly enough, when uh, we we've been talking about like getting more academic about our mm-hmm. film criticisms and yeah. stuff like that, and yeah. uh, by coincidence, I actually reached out to you not too long ago before this. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. didn't. I actually didn't plan um, on talking about some of that stuff when I <laughs> a, when I originally scheduled you. I was right. just like, uh-huh. oh, I kind of want to get back into you know picking apart films and like mm-hmm. understanding why stuff works and right. um kind of get back to the mechanics of stuff cuz right. it's been a long time for me since I've thought about any film academically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I feel like talking about this kind of stuff is more important now just because everyone in the world has to put their opinion online right. and everyone's going like this works and now that works you know with things like the last jedi and mm-hmm. game of thrones being so divisive yeah jesus um god it's it's i mean it's great people are watching stuff wonderful right. but i just don't know if anyone's ever or most people have had any type of um training when it comes to critiquing mm, um mm-hmm, and not mm-hmm. just like identifying stuff but also um let's see how do i put this to uh how, how to ingest your yeah. uh your art i agree yeah. yeah and i think everyone forgets like tv and film and all that is still art yeah 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 um, it's the most corporized corporatized version of art mm-hmm. but regardless it's still art yeah yeah and i th- i wonder uh, i i think well, let's, let's start with this. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the most like um, common things to happen is that someone will come up with a fan theory, or mm-hmm. you know, they're like this is how it's going to go, and yeah. then they kind of project their own expectations onto a show, yeah. and then when it doesn't happen, mm-hmm. they throw a huge f- hissy fit, and you know, storm Reddit and storm Rotten Tomatoes, and right. like, this is awful. This is it should have been done the way I I expected it to yeah to happen. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if that's I think what that's, you see or... Oh, no, that's what I see. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think there's a lot of... Um, I think you kind of nailed it on the head. Mm-hmm. There's an... Expe- this is the thing, right? Like, it, this only exists in franchise mm-hmm. series. You know, your your Star Wars, your Star Trek, your Marvel, your DC, mm-hmm. uh, Game of Thrones. Um, uh, this doesn't happen when people talk about, say, I don't know, um, Moonlight. You know? <laughs> No one has that discussion in yeah. Moonlight. No one has that discussion uh, when watching, um, uh, like, Do the Right Thing or or Schindler's List. The, yeah. They, those are singular entities that are allowed to be a singular story in a singular film. But when you, are you know, incorporate a storyline that's been going on for years or decades, expectations are built. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like you said, like, it's just there's certain people who program what they wanted to happen and they will it so much in their brain that they forget that they're not the person who is writing it or mm-hmm. directing it or starring in it. And when they don't get what they want from their projection, um, it's they're not allowing the artist be the artist. Right. And, you know, that's kind of where I feel like the discussions online can, it's such a double edged sword, dude. Such a double-edged sword of like, there can be great discussions online. Mm-hmm. There can be equally bad, and it could happen not uh, not just on the same day, but at the same minute. Mm-hmm. And thanks to like things like Twitter and Instagram and you know social media in general, you can get a tidal wave, yeah, of of opinions left and right. I've not seen Game of Thrones since season one. Oh, so you're free of all this drama? I'm kind of relieved. Yeah. <laughs> 
kind of relieved. I mean, your blood pressure must be way lower. Oh, right? God. <laughs> Listen, of, uh, as the staunch I love Last Jedi guys, I've had two years of stress. Mm-hmm. Two years. You're in safe space here. I, I, liked, I liked Last Jedi as thank well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but I, I, again, and, and I'm seeing kind of the same thing like when that happened too. Mm-hmm. It was just like, this was supposed to happen uh, and people getting all bent out of shape. And well, here, here's my thing too is mm-hmm. you're allowed to not like it. Absolutely. That's absolutely yeah. fine. Um, the snob in my early, when I was a snob in my early 20s, I probably would have like been more dismissive. But um, no, you're allowed to not like stuff. I, I just the outrage that happens afterward when you don't like it. I'm like, that's, that's not necessary. You can be like, listen, I didn't think this worked and this, and all this stuff didn't work. And then you're allowed to be disappointed. You should just be disappointed and move on. That's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. With, you know, pop, you know, movies and, and TV have become such an important discussion of everyday life. Now, specifically online that it's easy to get overhyped. And it's equally easy to get uh, aggressive and mad mm-hmm. when it doesn't work out the way you want. And you're right. You know, back in the day, okay, when episode one came out, mm-hmm. you know, internet was around, but not to the way it is now. No, no. But you had those people who really didn't like it, and they were pretty vocal about it. But it didn't seem as vocal because not everyone was able to hear it the same level that we are now. Yeah. And... I was like a 15-year-old kid who loved it at 15. Mm -hmm. It took me six years to realize it wasn't good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that was a funny thing about the backlash there Mm -hmm. is that I remember a really strong positive response at the beginning. Yep. And then it slowly turned into like, oh, this is crap. Yeah. I remember watching the theater going like, I love this except for Jar Jar. Right. And then as I got older and on repeat viewings, I was just like, oh, this isn't this isn't that good. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing is like when I say I lo- I watched um Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And that was where it's like I was coming to terms with episode one not being as good as I thought it was. Um, I always knew that Attack of the Clones was not that great, mm-hmm. but I liked things about it. Then I had Revenge of the Sith, which really kind of split me in the middle. Mm-hmm. There were things I adore. There were things I loved. There were things were also that were real bad and like just ungodly terrible. Yeah. And then I was sitting there going like, what's happening to me right now? And the answer is real simple. Justin of 2005, you can do both. Mm-hmm. You can like something really passionately for one reason. And in that same product, you can hate it for another reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't understand that so much back then, but I kind of get it now. Um, I don't think everything is, there's no such thing as a perfect anything, mm-hmm. obviously. There's no such thing as a perfect movie. There's no such thing as a perfect TV show. But I've learned to, hey, if I'm mostly with it, I could live with it. Yeah. If it's forgettable, it's forgettable. Like there have been movies I watched and went, cool, fun. I liked it. And then a month later I went, what happened in that? <laughs> but I've moved on. Yeah. So back then when a movie like sucked, like say X-Men The Last Stand, and I was real mad when it came out and I really hated it. Two months later, I'm like, all right, well, movie's out and it's done. Yeah. <laughs> that, it's like that didn't really stick with you for whatever reason. No. Um, didn't but, ruin everything for me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. When you were talking about that, it did kind of like, 
you kind of inadvertently talked, uh, did something that like I wish more people would do is be a little more nuanced mm-hmm. in their criticisms because you said like with those prequels, there are things to like there, yeah, and things to not like. Yeah, um, I I think it's this weird cultural thing of everyone has to pick sides yeah it's like you have to like no no this was absolutely horrible but then if you talk to let's say okay let's take revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. and you're talking to someone who hates it Mm -hmm. and if you say like well yeah i didn't like it either but this was done well they just jump on you i'm like you apologist you uh you uh, fucking shell i'm like whoa listen was not Listen, I may not like the prequels, but still far from the worst thing I have right. ever seen. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I just... And I, I think back to all my days uh, in school before uh, college, and mm-hmm. like, there's really no class for critiquing or how to give criticism. Right. I, I, at least I didn't have anything. I don't know about you. Not, nothing that was so like specific about it. But uh-huh. I think like with like specifically critiquing, but I think... Uh, my film classes were about analyzing film, mm-hmm. uh, observing film, and obviously, you know, when I, if I took English classes in college, obviously that's analytical. Being analytical about why a book worked or why a poem worked mm-hmm. um, was part of it. And I remember being really like I got into that real early. Like my brother kind of helped me out with mm-hmm. that when I was younger. I don't know if I told the story here. I probably might have stole it. You might have, but yeah. uh, I'm down for a refresher. A refresher, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when I was younger, my brother, uh, genius move. He had me, um, you know, because I wanted to read comic books, mm-hmm. obviously. And he's like, "All right, here's the deal. You will read a non-comic, non-picture book. It can be whatever you want, but when you're done with it, write a summary." And what happened, and then what you think about what happened in it, one page. So he, he kind of took on the role of your teacher at that yeah. point, as as an older brother should. Right. Like, and yeah. so once I turned that in, then he would take me to the comic book shop, mm-hmm. and I could pick any comic I wanted. Nice. It's hilarious to me, it's realizing, like, my reward for reading a book was more reading. <laughs> <laughs> but that gave me an early brain of analyzing why I liked something or what I didn't like or just simply observing why a thing happened in the story. He even did that to me when we were watching a movie. Like we would go home and what did you think? And I'm like, oh, it was cool. Then he, uh, not pushing me, going, why did you think it was cool? Oh, oh, (laughs) you know, I was seven. What would I was going to, how I was going to answer, but I did as best as a seven-year-old could. So I kind of gave me early training and I've learned that whenever I took like wrote analytical essays in high school or college, not to toot my own horn, but the teachers usually go up to me and say, "Going, where did you? <laughs> How did you?" Well, I, I believe it. You're one of the go-to people I, I have in my life that I go to for like you know film yeah. knowledge and film critiques. And, Thanks. Oh, don't worry about the yeah, folks. I'm on a skeleton crew tonight. It's just me and Justin in the studio, <laughs> so I'm just running everything. You don't have to worry about the time. Okay, I got all right, that. All right. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, I uh God, what was I saying? Okay, so yeah, you're one of the go-to people I have for this. So, I mean, I, I just feel like it's such a big thing in today's pop culture and nerd culture mm-hmm. to put every thought online regardless if it's been well thought out or yeah. filtered. Yeah. Um I I just want to get your takes on a few things. I mean, mm-hmm. do you think this is ultimately good for uh the culture or <laughs> There, 
the problem with this is my t- this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. The problem with like gut reaction is that sometimes that's not the final rate. That's not the final thought. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I do this even to this day. Like, oh hey, I watch a movie with a buddy, and we'll be driving home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what'd you think? You know, and if it's great, then we'll blabber on. Like one of us had to start the engine to start talking, but. If it took a while, I kind of didn't. I wouldn't let it. If the kind of, if you know, it took a while for the person to kind of answer. I kind of leave it alone. And if we ended up going to like dinner afterwards, or just kind of hang hung out afterwards, and then the person will bring up the movie again, that's because they that person needed a minute, okay, to digest and analyze and feel about it. And mm-hmm. I feel like when someone watches something on TV or a movie right away and they immediately tweet about why they loved it or hate it. Um, it's, you're not allowing yourself to digest it properly, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Like, you know, like, and then once you tweet it out, like that's your, that's that's your Bible. That's, yeah, that's, that's your word. Like you you can't go back on that. Yeah. Even if you do have thoughts later, you're like, oh shoot. Like people are just gonna think I thought that and I'm backtracking. No, no, exactly. And it's like, that's kind of why I tend to not do it anymore. I used to, Mm -hmm. I used to write Facebook reviews. I used to write, uh, straight up reviews on, mm-hmm. on Agents of Guard when we were good at writing on Agents of Guard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to, sometimes I'll still tweet right away what I think of a movie, but um, it's got real, it's got to hit me hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to hit me so, like so much in the face of either shock and surprise that I'm like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. I need to tell you guys why I, yeah. I liked what I saw, you know. Um, but, I tend to keep quiet nowadays and just go, let me just stay on it. Let me think about it. Give me a day or two. And then, so in other words, you have a calm head about anything you digest and then like, okay, then I'll tell people what I think about it. Yeah. I'm trying that approach. (laughs) Right. I think that's much more mature. I think that's much smarter. You're going to get a lot less heat over it. I'm 35. I can only be mature now. I tend to break that rule, but that's, uh, um, but with yeah, I, I just get upset over like what happens, and like now I'm thinking like this is kind of what people think like nerd culture is. It's just us arguing, which that to That's be fair, a little it bit. is, yeah. <laughs> but not to this, I would say toxic level where it's everyone, toxic. yeah, no, it's toxic now. I. Like that's why I'm glad again. I'm not watching Game of Thrones or I'm caught up on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I'm already tired of hearing people saying how much they hated yeah. the last season, and I'm like, maybe you need a little more time to let it stew. I definitely think people will be more kind to it like a few years from now. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I was thinking about it too because I was one of those people who wasn't really satisfied with the season. Sure, which is again. Fine. Yeah. I'm just going to move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not going to uh, ask for the heads of the show. Exactly. I'm not going to start a fucking petition and uh, get people oh, to sign it. Again, oh imagine God. how fucking miserable your life is where you have to start a petition it's, it's, <laughs> to get someone to rewrite something you didn't like. I keep screaming <laughs> to people. And of course, no one's going to read my yeah, tweets, yeah. but it's like, I'm going like, this shit never works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The petitions don't work. Mm-hmm. The only reason. Okay, certain things that happened recently have worked because it's such a clear we agree as a as a as an internet voice mm-hmm. that you this isn't going to work. A great example is Sonic. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I fucking knew you were going to say that. 
<laughs> when that first trailer came out. Oof. Yeah. And we all... Oh. I, I would go one step further. The mm-hmm. poster. Oh, fa- ooh, true. <laughs> true. When we started seeing all this stuff, and then when that first trailer came out, for sure, but you're so right. When we saw the legs on Sonic, we all were like, ooh. what are you doing? What's, <laughs> what's this going to... I'm hoping that's just bad shading. What, yeah, yeah, what yeah. happened here? Right? That's, not the, that's clearly not the final look. No, when, when that first trailer came out, it was a full day and a half of everyone dogging on it. Yeah. To the point where day two, like I was talking to my coworkers, I went, "Is it? Are you a little sad that the heat from the Sonic trailer is gone? That you can't you can't hit on it anymore?" <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, because we were on fire yeah. yesterday." <laughs> you want something to unite all the nerds in yeah. the world? Show like a- shitty stuff. <laughs> yeah, shit. Oh, make it look terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the thing. There was no petition to change Sonic's look. No. It was a. We all yelled, what are you doing? Yeah. And then Paramount went, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what the shocking thing in that whole debacle is? Is mm-hmm. that one, the, the Sonic movie was getting green, green light. But, right, right. <laughs> um, but the fact that, like, for, especially in CG, like, that design has to go past so many sets of eyes. Yep. And I'm just shocked that it got to public trailer. Right. Yeah, I'm right. like, no, what? I, was there no meeting? Like, what happened? <laughs> I, I can't imagine that a person who is a, a, with an artistic background went perfect mm-hmm. on that design. I can't imagine that a hundred people went, are you sure? <laughs> like, there's a guy or a woman holding a finger over a button mm-hmm. that says render. Yeah. <laughs> and they're looking at the studio and, like, the director went... Okay, we're gonna commit. Yeah, are you sure? Uh, yeah, I mean the render farm's set up. Yeah. It's it's gonna be weeks of this. Are you sure? This is yeah. expensive. This is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm gonna give you one more time. Yeah. To really think about it mm-hmm. before I press this thing. Go oh, do it. God. All right. Click. Oh, so apparently the fans aren't into design. Can you guys change it? It's again, it's not that simple. Um, <laughs> I am happy to hear that they gave those people a little bit more time. I don't uh, know if you yeah. saw this. Yeah, the deadline is now going to be February 2020. No, thank. I was thinking that. Yeah. Like when they were like, "Oh, well, we have to now redesign everything about Sonic," mm-hmm. and I went, "Move the date, guys." Yeah. Like move it. To, like I even I went move it February. February is the new May. Yeah. Nowadays, and <laughs> actually, a Sonic movie in February makes a little more sense. That looks like it, that should be a February movie. That's a February movie. Yeah. Um, for folks wondering what I'm talking about, it's like usually January, February. It's like that's when studios will release the films they're not too confident yeah. about. Like they're not um, sure what audience will work for it, but mm-hmm. they're gonna try. Yeah, and and not that you know a February movie, February movie can't work. No, I mean, there, there have been yeah, Deadpool, the first mm-hmm. Lego movie, uh, um, Black Panther, Black Panther. Yeah. Um, but in general, like those are usually like the dump off months, right? Um, but yeah, in, in Sonic's case in particular, I felt sorry for the animators went before they moved the deadline. Yeah. Actually, I still it's still going to be rough. Yep. Um, just because, folks, if you don't know how it works, is um, you can change the model mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but the animate when you do that, the animators have to go in and kind of tweak all the animations to make it fit the new model and then still make sure it matches up with all the live action stuff. Yeah. And then the lighting guys have to come in and make sure everything looks right so it doesn't kind of 
pop out at you wrong and doesn't mm. look wrong. I, I think part of the issue with other than the design is that like the colors and the lighting on Sonic were very like oversaturated and kind of like oh this is clearly not there right you know whereas um let's say let's just use detective pikachu they did a much better job of it absolutely yeah um where things like the the fur looked good Mm -hmm. and like saturation and like the lighting looked good and um there was definitely a little more effort there yeah but yeah to to do to fix all of that within what was it when did the whole thing go down april uh yeah, but well, yeah, April. April's to when it started. To now February. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not a lot of time. No, and even with the February deadline, that's not a lot of time. Yeah. So those animators are, are going to be seeing some hundred-hour weeks. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, and yeah. I think it's. I was kind of that was kind of nice that that was, uh, getting the same amount of attention when the when the director announced, "Okay, hey, we heard you. Um, we will be redesigning Sonic." A lot of folks online. This is the this is the double edged sword I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The positives of pointing out that the Sonic looks terrible is when they go, "Great, we'll fix it." There were then also a good amount of people going, "Cool, um, don't kill your animators to do that." I'm like, glad people. A yeah. few more people are aware of that, right? Yeah. No, like the fact that it, that's part of the regular conversation of the redesign is mm-hmm. that a lot of people going, "I feel really bad for the animators." Yeah, like that was never. A thing that people would have said no. if it wasn't for Twitter or, or social media, but because someone brought that up, we all went, "Oh my God, you're right. That yeah. is terrible. That's awful." Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, um, oh God, sorry, I'm having like flashbacks of that friggin' Sonic design. <laughs> um, but it always makes me curious, like how it gets that far, because yeah. I, I always say like it, it's a miracle anything even gets to the big screen. Yeah. Just because of how many moving parts it takes to like get there mm-hmm. um and to oh god I even I, I just thought about this right now like mm-hmm. not one studio didn't do all those shots so no yeah. you have to re-coordinate with Multiple. dozens of studios yeah. oh, to geez. be like hey you guys have to go back and fix this yeah and paramount's probably already further in the hole because of that <laughs> <laughs> um, Oof. Okay. they already spent a lot of money um uh, no, you know what? It's funny. I think this is it's a little karma, I guess, to a certain degree. Because mm-hmm. did you hear about the story with Henry Cavill? You know about the infamous Henry Cavill. Oh mustache. yeah, yeah, the mustache. Well, it was Paramount that told Warner Brothers no on shaving Henry's mustache because he was doing Mission Impossible Fallout. Oh, the f- he would have grown it back in like a couple of days. I this is this was Paramount flexing, and I kind of love it. Mm-hmm. Even though at the end of the day, it's like it's kind of it was a power move, but yeah. like. Warner Bros. kept telling them, we need Henry back to be Superman. Can Henry shave the mustache off? And Paramount was like, nah. And I even heard a story where it's like, they spent millions of dollars on a great makeup effects artist Mm -hmm. to create a perfect fake mustache that will look just like the one he's been wearing. Mm -hmm. That Warner Bros. goes, we will pay for this. We will pay for the mustache to get Henry to shave. Mm -hmm. And Paramount's like, Nah, we good. <laughs> what a dick. I guess this is kind of karma oh. reaction to that, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like thinking about it that way now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. What a dick move. It's a dick move. I kind of love that it was such yeah. a dick move, but then <laughs> this happened, and Ooh. now Paramount's literally paying for it. Oh. So Warner Bros. is on the side going, <laughs> our fish movie made a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I remember seeing, 
I remember seeing Justice League the one time I saw it, uh, <laughs> and just thinking the whole time, like, what the fuck happened? Like, I, yeah. I think I found out about the mustache stuff, like, oh, maybe after? just after, and I was just like, what's wrong with his mouth? <laughs> the whole time, I'm like, oh, God. Uh, yeah. Movies are wild, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and anyway, um, again, back to things that work and what don't. Like, mm-hmm. when you're watching something, yeah. um, what's your thought process when you're forming your opinion about it or do uh, you have process? <laughs> uh, uh, one is uh, I give the movie a, a kind of a grace depending on what kind of movie it is. You know, like um, I'm okay to kind of plug what I'm currently been doing. Mm. I've been getting into the press junket world of interviewing actors and directors. I didn't bring my copy of vice. God uh, damn it. <laughs> it's going to have you sign it. That's okay. Well, we'll see, I'll, me I'll see you Monday. Yeah. yeah. See you Monday. Yeah. But, um, that's that's the new world I'm kind of been jumping into, and it's been interesting because I uh, have to see the movie ahead of time, mm-hmm. uh, which means sometimes it's movies that I have no real attachment to, and I won't really name names uh, of movies yet. But I will say I, I that think, like, I think I know which ones well, you're talking you, about, and I won't say it. Either. Yeah, but it's interesting that um, my viewing is I walk into a film and I go, listen, I know. My brain's like, I know what this is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm not here expecting this. If I have a proverbial like kind of column on one side and a column on another side, and it's like, okay, if I'm watching an action movie, I'm not expecting like slow melodrama mm-hmm. that's like people talking very long discussions about their thoughts on God. Mm-hmm. You know, unless it's like a cool gunshot. That's it. But you know what I mean? Or if I'm watching a romantic comedy, I'm not expecting an amazing gunfight scene to happen in a romantic comedy. Exactly. So Um, I I create my expectation of, well, this is the genre you're telling me. Like, um, Oh, let me stop you right there. And I I think right off the bat, you hit that. That's a really great point mm -hmm. is that, listen, you, you've got to accept that like whatever you're watching, they're trying to do this. Right. You know, yeah. um, so with, let's say, let's say, let's say MCU, mm-hmm. people are saying like, well, this isn't, you know, serious enough or like, that's not what would happen. I'm like, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're operating off their own set of rules. Yep. This is supposed to be in the end an uplifting superhero, mm-hmm. you know, tale and, you know, don't expect, uh, you know, a fucking like Reservoir dog story out of it. No, great example sticking with the MCU. Uh, there was a, a, a an old friend of mine who, when Captain America First Avenger came out, like me and uh, a mutual buddy of ours, Earl Balon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Earl. Shout out to Earl. Love shouting out to Earl. But um, we just saw it and we were like, oh my God. And we thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And we were excited about it. Then we're talking to our mutual friend and she was like, oh, I wasn't into it. And we're like, totally fine. Okay. Totally fair. It's like, but as soon as like, I saw like those like hover bikes or whatever, or those hover tanks, I went, that didn't exist in the 1940s. Wait, what? And then like a woman, like a British woman who's in charge of it, like, that's not realistic. And me and Earl went, You're do you expecting watch- realism? Yeah. Like night, like 1940s, like l- accuracy yeah. in Captain America. <laughs> yeah. That, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, you put this next to like Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that's God. your fault. Yeah, you know that's already like a bad start to whatever your yeah. friend said. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's that's a key part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I'll tell you, like the recent one. My interviews are just came out for. Uh, I've been pushing my interviews with these recently. It's the the Dog's Journey movie, mm-hmm. right? And that one 
is a case where like I completely get what this movie is supposed yeah, to be. Absolutely. It's a heartwarming family story. It's uh supposed it's it's clearly supposed to be a tearjerker. Mm-hmm. Uh it's supposed to be cute because mm-hmm. the dog has is dogs are cute if you're a dog person. Um and it's supposed to be kind of like light drama, but drama. Right. And so I'm like, okay. But you're not going to see anything super twisted. Right. You know, you're not going to see like, oh, this incestual affair was going on right. during <laughs> the stuff with the dog. No, no, right. No. I Actu- know what movie. Actually, I, I kind of want to see that now. But anyway, that's, <laughs> that's me. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but I get what genre that movie's supposed to be. Yeah. And so when I went to go see the early screening, I went, all right, that's the trailer I saw. Mm-hmm. That's the poster I saw. I'm expecting you guys to give me that movie. Right. Now, if they don't give me that movie and they do go in a direction that's weird, that's a bad call on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, people tend to forget that, like, at least a, a competent studio will have a certain audience in mind. Right. And they will cater toward that one. Right. If you're someone who watches, like, bloody action murder mm-hmm. movies and, like, you go to see that, of course you're going to be disappointed. Of course. Yeah, I'm like, no, th- this is not for you. You know, you heard of like counter programming with movie release sometimes? No, what's, it's, what's that? Basically, it's like, all right, you have an Avengers coming out. You have a Marvel Endgame movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, quite literally, if you have something in that genre that's on release and you're the movie studio that's trying to figure out where to put it, you'd be smart and not put it the same month as a Marvel Endgame. Mm-hmm. What you would do is look at your programming and go, ah, we have this family fun drama about a dog. And so some folks don't like superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Some folks just want a nice yeah. little calming drama that will go out the week or two after Marvel Endgame. There you go. That's what you would do because that's the audience. It's like, yeah, I remember, yeah, it's like, most folks don't like that stuff. Well, we have one over here if you just want just to be out and something that's not noisy and 22 movies. And it won't be crowded movie. full of sweaty nerds. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, no, I, I think that's right off the bat. You're like, oh, yeah. Th- think about like, what is this and who is it for? Right. Right off the bat. Sometimes um, it's totally fine if something is not for you. Yeah. You know? Um, Okay, sorry. Back to your, your yeah, process. Yeah. That was that was kind of the first step. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what comes after that? Um, then it's like movie basics. Okay. You know, it's like part of my deal is like storytelling in movies. Uh, storytelling in general is um, I kind of akin it to like a magic trick and mm-hmm. distraction. In that you got to be caught up with elements of it to maybe ignore other elements that would be problematic when you when you think of it outside mm-hmm. like let's say when you um what's a favorite movie of yours um i'll just say star wars great perfect mm-hmm. um you're the star wars is distracting you at a couple of things um big imagination big action mm-hmm. big big laughs it's a very funny movie people mm-hmm. kind of forget about that yeah um big characters um and a relatively simple of a plot for you to follow through, A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. What you're ignoring is things that are kind of convenient because convenience sake. What you're ignoring is maybe lack of emotion for a certain planet blowing up yeah. <laughs> from a person who supposedly lived there. Mm-hmm. And lost all her and loved lost, ones. <laughs> see, we never talk about yeah. that. Like, 
we don't think realize that's a problem until like way later then you wait shouldn't leia be like way more yeah. broken up about losing everybody yeah leia having a mental breakdown and crying her eyes out probably wouldn't fit in that movie that's the there it yeah. is <laughs> there it is yeah. like we're distracted by all these other things mm-hmm. that make Star Wars enjoyable and fun and the reason why everyone still won't shut up about it for some years later. <laughs> but right there, emotionally, mentally, Leia lost way more than Luke. Mm-hmm. But yet she's the one consulting Luke because he just lost a guy he met a day ago. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't care. Because you're following Luke, you like Luke, you liked Obi-Wan, you had less time than them, technically, because you only saw them for 20 minutes together, mm-hmm. but you liked them, and then when you saw Obi-Wan go out, spoilers for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. God damn it. Um, I didn't spoil Game of Thrones for you. <laughs> um, you're, you're invested in Luke, and so... You don't realize that, oh, mentally, Leia should be a little more distraught, but you're right as well for bringing up, there's no room for that. Mm -hmm. There's no, that tone wouldn't fit. Right. For what they're trying to accomplish, that would seem very out of place. Exactly. Exactly. That's not the movie they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Sorry to branch off of that. Oh, yeah, go going into like that's not the story they're telling like i think that's kind of what happened with game of thrones mm. so i think a lot of it is more in the the execution of the show more than the actual plot itself yeah because with the ending that happened um you could uh for wherever they landed you could get to those points mm-hmm. had they set it up properly mm-hmm. uh and had they probably to be honest if they just had a few more episodes per season sure um so, but I, I think people got caught up in all the magic and dragons and stuff yeah, and yeah. kind of lost track of the fact that like, oh, you're telling the story about these people who are trying to end up on top and making uh, good and bad decisions, mm-hmm. which is really when you look back at it, like that is the kind of the crux of the show. It's like right. people <laughs> making these awful uh, decisions and trying to end up on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I kind of have some sympathy towards the showrunners because unlike the other seasons Mm -hmm. um a certain creator of the concept hasn't finished his (laughs) books yeah and yeah when you had plenty of material to build off of from other books Mm -hmm. they had to figure out an answer before he did and i'm sure he had he gave him notes and what Mm -hmm. he was gonna do but at the end of the day this was kind of them on their own Mm -hmm. and when they are reverse engineering a conclusion, it's it's going to automatically just feel it's, wrong. Yeah, it's not going to fit right. Um, I think around season four is when um, they surpass the books. Mm-hmm. And that's when you saw start more complaints start to show up. <laughs> um, and I was just like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. In retro, it, like looking back, and I'm like, yeah, of course it was going to go downhill from there. What'd you expect? Right. Um, but at the same time, you have to think like, yo, they're working with way less. Mm-hmm. Now they got to worry about these actors getting too big and their contracts and all this other stuff right. going on. Because the showrunners, not just the writers. Yep. Yep. Um, so I, I'm not shocked that that's what <laughs> happened. I think I, in my case, I'm a little more forgiving when I know about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like hearing about what happened with Peter Jackson to The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, initial reaction is whatever you feel about The Hobbit is 
completely, totally accurate. Yeah. You know, if you loved it, more likely you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but when you hear the Peter Jackson, when you think about the production, and Lindsay Ellis, who's a, a YouTuber I kind mm-hmm. of brought, got just in the, uh, the, uh, interested to check out, mm-hmm. she has a great three-part essay, video essay about The Hobbit. Is that the one that's titled Screaming Internally? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah. Um, and she brings up more really messed up details about what happened during the production, but the basic gist is Guillermo del Toro was going to direct it. It took way too long for everyone to agree when it was going to be made. Hmm. Guillermo, Guillermo had to leave. Right. Um, but Jackson took over. But what ended up happening was that what everyone assumed was, well, Peter was just going to pick up where Guillermo left off and then just finish it through. Peter dumped everything that Guillermo did because... Oh, wow. He's a different artist than Garman. Mm-hmm. But Warner Brothers had a deadline that they wanted to keep. Ah, uh, yeah. So put that all together. All of a sudden, Peter Jackson was trying to make a Hobbit movie that felt like Peter Jackson. And he had confidence. I did this before. Yeah. Well, you had a lot more time to figure it out yeah. before. <laughs> and he didn't figure it out the ending. So there's an infamous story where he was supposed to do what Garman did, which was two movies. Mm-hmm. But the ending was throwing him for a loop. He didn't know how to fin- how he didn't know how to finish it. Um, even though it's in the book, there is a book. Yeah, it is a one book. <laughs> yeah, it's like there is a book to look at, and you did the things that came after. So, so yeah, yeah, no, he got all caught up in that, and so what ended up happening was that he infamously couldn't figure out how to make a finale that made sense to him. Mm-hmm. So he told Warner Brothers, "Hey, what if uh, I?" promise you the second movie this year and then the third movie that year (laughs) and then warner brothers was like more movie yeah yeah because what he needed was more time yeah so if he promised a third film warner brothers was going to give him more time yeah and on paper if you're an investor or the studio like oh yeah that makes total sense you did the the first three movies and like oh yeah let's do it another in another three another three exactly yeah um but then yeah there's also the, the, the bit of a problem of, but there's not nearly as much material. No, not at all. <laughs> actually, the the first movie, I actually did like the first movie. The thing that confused me was it's like, oh, they're already at the mountain. I'm like, wait a minute. That's that's pretty far into the book But I remember. <laughs> you got two more movies? Yeah. It's like, whoa, what's what's going on here? <laughs> um, So that's the case of like, yeah, it's like an artist had to re-engineer a story to mm-hmm. match expectation along with the the money people wanting this stuff mm-hmm. and then the fandom wanting once wanting something else yeah and then you got the hobbit yeah and that's more than enough to yeah. point the direction of ooh mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you, you mentioned Lindsay Ellis uh, there, there's a few other like um, YouTube channels if you want to get like caught up on like looking at things a little more critically you yeah. suggested some really good ones to me it was, a, it was every frame a every painting. frame painting yeah and then uh kyle Colgren, mm-hmm. formerly owen citizen i don't know if he still uses that name definitely not anymore yeah, okay nice. no, no more channel awesome ties yeah a uh, how uh, browse held high browse held YouTube, high that's it, yeah. his youtube channel it's he's really good mm-hmm. he goes really deep into the, the literary element of film which is really great yeah and he's one of those ones that like explains a very highbrow concept without being condescending about it yeah which is what i try to avoid and kind of be honest why i try to avoid a lot of 
arguments. It's like, I don't want to <laughs> come off as like, oh, I'm the snooty art student that knew all this stuff. <laughs> let me tell you about Dada. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Have you heard of Dogma film? Hey, anyway. I love that Dada is like the first snooty <laughs> term we learned. Yeah. And it's such a, it sounds snooty. That's what's so great about the term Dada. Yeah. But that also means is that like, if you do know that term, you know what it means. Mm-hmm. But also you sound hella smart when yeah. you use it. But you also sound real fucking um, lame when you do use it. Yeah, this guy's an asshole like, what the fuck's dada you know spend all this time watching these weird ass movies aren't even english i gotta read during gotta those read. movies the hell man <laughs> i'm glad that's like such a trigger word. <laughs> i was like okay i wasn't sure if that was universal among like film geeks but i'm like that totally was the case at my school <laughs> oh god uh, as being the guy who was into like martial art action films are like crazy Japanese movies mm-hmm. and I try to tell my friends like hey come over let's watch it and the subtitles come on like yeah the subtitles went really Re- it's the guy's gonna get his head cut off yeah. don't worry about the subtitles you don't <laughs> even have to like um yeah, I think in one of the the sh- YouTube videos you recommended they talked he talked about Kurosawa yeah and it's like there's no dialogue but you read exactly what the hell's going on in the scene mm-hmm. yeah from and not just literally what they're doing but to mood and tone and yeah. all that stuff oh yeah um because that's great yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah watch Hidden Fortress yeah okay, get a whole new appreciation for Star Wars yeah yeah for sure 100% <laughs> um okay where were we so mm-hmm. back, back to more movie basics is there, yeah. is there any other thing that you feel that people should be aware of when it comes to to the basics um honestly like it's i feel like when acting comes around mm-hmm. in conversation i think this helps because i've i have friends who are actors mm-hmm. you know and it's really easy for someone to point at uh, uh, somebody in the movie one that person can't act mm-hmm. to which i go not 100 percent their fault yeah um especially having friends who are actors um you they have to deal with a director and you know they writer have to, yeah editor yeah these other that's the fucking that's the thing where i'm like I, I have to admire an actor is that like you are basing and trusting uh many more people to control your performance when you're done yeah because unless you're like an a-list actor mm-hmm. you're getting millions of people in your ear yeah. Telling you, hey, you got to do this, do this, do this. As opposed to like theater where you have a director, mm-hmm. but that's it. The mm-hmm. tether is done when the director, once the director gives you his his or her notes, when you're on stage, it's just you and the audience. Mm-hmm. And I can see why maybe an actor feels more happy on theater because there's no one interrupting and destroying the performance. Right. And if your director or writer or showrunner is letting mm-hmm. you down, you're kind of stuck. You're kind of stuck. Yeah. You know, um, like, again, uh, bringing back to I know who are friends, it's just like, they will be in a thing, a student film, no less, obviously, and they will do it a certain way. They will even tell a, a filmmaker, hey, maybe we try it like this to make sure that they have good options. Mm-hmm. They see the final cut, and all of a sudden it looks like they can't act. Yeah. You know, I have a buddy of mine who, like, he was in an asylum film, right? Like an asylum studio movie, mm-hmm. and, in a horror movie, and- I thought he's one of the funniest guys I met. Really funny, smart actor. Um, and I got real excited to hear that he was in an asylum movie and it was on Netflix. And he's like, oh, That's awesome. Yeah. And then he was like, Well, you tell me what you think. Uh oh. 
<sighs> and I watched it. No pressure. And he's terrible in it. Oh. But I've directed him. Mm-hmm. I've wrote stuff with him. And I went, I know he's good. So I went to him and was like, how do you feel about it? When yeah. I saw it, he's like, I'm not happy about it. Right. Yeah. Like, I shot that years ago. Well, it's good your friend was, like, honest about it. It's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, it sucked, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of the biggest things I'm in, and it's terrible. Yeah. And I, and I look real bad at it. And I wonder if that's how Robert De Niro feels about Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> <laughs> analyze this or analyze that that the second one the second one more than analyze this yeah Yeah, i think he looks at analyze that going oh boy (laughs) oh any other meet the parents sequels after meet the parents yeah i was like why did you have to go back there that's we did we were fine that's it um but but um back to like a a bad director or showrunner Mm -hmm. like um Sorry to bring you back to Game of Thrones. I know you're not that's involved. Still, no, that's fine. But no, for, it's, it's hot topic. It's yeah. what everyone's talking about. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but for people listening, I feel like that's where the showrunners kind of let Amelia Clark down. Because I think mm-hmm. one of the complaints was her storyline story and how it ended. And um, what I learned about all the actors is that they didn't know anything coming up they didn't Mm. know just to avoid spoilers i get it you have to keep the story a secret but if your actors don't know where they're the character is going to land they can't layer their performance Mm -hmm. um so in in sorry to spoil it like slightly for you but she she goes on a rampage and like destroys a city with her dragon and people are like that's so out of character for her she she was like a good guy all this time and it's like well had she known this was going to happen she probably could have layered little snippets of that in previous battles and been like um the madness is there or the anger is there or something she they could have done that a little bit more and it wouldn't be as jarring Mm -hmm. yeah so right there is a perfect example of like a a, actor had no control yeah yeah Yeah. no control and like you know I, i think fans have been good about not blaming her though yeah i think the the rage is all at the writers and i'm like sucks but they got paid so (laughs) i mean here's the thing right like like, to go with last jedi and and those guys Mm -hmm. right they ryan johnson uh and i I forgot the name of the db weiss i think and Uh, oh weiss and benioff Benioff, right um those guys are um it's kind of crazy to think like for 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 the guys who you know for the, the weiss and benioff it's like they've had Six years, six seasons mm-hmm. of shows that people were mad about, went crazy for. And the one year they messed up, and granted, it's the last year, so arguably I get why they yeah. upset. Yeah. It's like they say, they're claiming, you know, there's some of the real angry fan base are claiming, you've ruined everything. Oh, God. And it's like, what about the six years where it worked? Yeah. Like, that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, that's why I talk about, like, the overall impact of the show is fantastic like it got people wanting you know good fiction again yeah people reading fantasy more Mm -hmm. like this is yeah we there's a market for this like highly produced high concept story that we can you know all jump into yeah you know before it was like trying to think of like tv shows it was always like a sitcom it was always like seinfeld or Mm -hmm. friends like those are the only big shows yeah um but for game of thrones to do this now in the era of streaming and pirating and still garner that type of audience and support Mm -hmm. it's it's overall impact is amazing no uh, it's impressive and i don't you can see why hbo is trying to find ways to keep it Mm -hmm. going though hilariously because of the reaction now i i'm sure they're all looking at each other going well 
do they still want more or are they all done? They have like a ton of shows out now that all look very well produced. I just yeah. haven't been as invested because the main reason I was there was because of Thrones. Yeah. No, um, sure. But yeah, I, they, they do have a shows I do want, a few shows I do want to check out, but I mean, I'm probably not going to keep the subscription. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, here's the thing is like, I, um, one thing I've kind of realized that going with Last Jedi is, um, the reaction to Last Jedi and specifically the reaction to Ryan Johnson mm-hmm. and Ryan Johnson. Um, I, I love this filmmaker. I think he's great mm-hmm. both as a filmmaker and as a legitimate human being. Um, but I've started thinking about every movie he's made and my conversations w- with other people about every movie he's made. And I've realized that he's always made movies that are decisive or divisive, divisive. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there's always, he's always made a movie that, I met somebody who saw it and thinks the complete opposite. Oh. Every movie he's made. That's something to to think of. Yeah. Yeah, when you're when you're hiring it, bringing on a director. Um I thought that was a bold and obviously in my case I thought that was a right choice to bring him on mainly because I thought the formula was getting stale. Agreed. There wasn't the last movie while I loved it, mm-hmm. it felt like the old adventure. It didn't feel like these characters were having their own adventure. Agreed. And yeah. I think this is, again, where it's that weird thing of fandom wants... Fandom can yell and claim they want a thing. Mm-hmm. And then when someone gives them a variation of what they said, mm-hmm. it's too uncomfortable because it's too different. Yeah. They can complain, oh, but you gave us the old crap. Mm-hmm. I wanted something new for my thing I liked. Oh, right. Well, here we're, we're throwing out... Oh my God. So many things and trying new things. What do you guys think? You just, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> you just brought back so many memories of that when it first came out. Because I remember everyone, the the few complaints I heard about Force Awakens was like, oh, they just did the same thing. Yeah. And then like, okay, the next movie, they do all the different stuff. Why didn't you do that stuff from before? And I'm like, I was like, what do you want? No. I was I was going nuts. <laughs> the answer The answer is that most folks don't know what they want. Yeah. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. If anyone could predict what people want, people would be making more money. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's We like, would have found the perfect movie. We would have found the perfect yeah, movie. Yeah, it's like, oh, we don't need to make anymore. That's the perfect that's, one. Why that's would it. you, why would you yeah. bother? Yeah. And I think that's the gamble of filmmaking and or TV shows is like or, is that you don't know what will catch on, so you have to keep producing. Mm-hmm. And when people complain there's no new ideas is because they're not trying to find them. Okay. You know, yeah, like they're trying to do what's safe. That's kind of what I feel about like J.J. Abrams coming back to it. I'm like, that's kind of the safe, the safe call. Route. I'm mm-hmm. like, I get it, but at the same time, like, I would have liked to have seen more risks. No, same. Yeah. Um, it's kind of yeah. Here's the thing with like, let's say Pacific Rim came out, right? Mm-hmm. It came out 2013, and people were already complaining about the Bay movies of Transformers. They're kind of over it, and. I was kind of thinking, well, hey, this is another movie that has robots Mm -hmm. that is its own thing. You all are complaining that there's no new ideas. This is not based off of anything. Mm -hmm. It's inspired by anime and giant monster movies, but it's not an adaptation of any of those. It's Mm -hmm. its own thing. Cool, right? Yeah. And then you hear one go, why don't you just make it a Power Ranger movie? Okay, what the fuck do you want? Uh, <laughs> did you want the original property or did you want or did you want the, the thing adaptation? You want? Like, yeah, it's like I don't this is that's what frustrates me. Yeah. It's like you hear these people going, Hollywood's run out of ideas, they're remaking everything. And I'm going, you don't 
watch the original thing they make. Yeah. You didn't try. You didn't yeah. give it a shot. Mm-hmm. If you really want original shit, stop watching the remake shit. Yeah. Go on Netflix and like, find something you've never heard of before. Yeah, Hollywood movies are definitely dictated by ticket sales. Yeah. Like that's that's just the way it goes. That so goes, if you yeah. want that's why there's like 17 sequels to this shitty franchise. Right. Like, I'm trying to think of one but off the, Oh, that's that's why you see a lot of bad like rom-coms like people yeah. are still going to those and like uh those meet the parent sequels yeah but yeah. we're what? still going to them they had like what seven paranormal activities yeah you know people were going to them people were going to them why don't they make something new because they're still going to this yeah yeah <laughs> you find the original idea yeah, yeah yeah and then the original idea is also risky yeah you know um yeah try getting investors onto this untested thing yeah you know it's it, it it's it's a, again it's just one of those cases where it's like no one even us mm-hmm. you and me sitting in this room we ha- we sometimes don't really know what we want but we mm-hmm. we're craving news stories mm-hmm. to consume yeah but we, also, yeah yeah we we got a little off track from mm-hmm. your your process but i mean <laughs> uh but back to uh, i believe we we're talking like movie basics was there anything yeah. left there um i think for me it's like you it's hard because it's this is all about personal taste right and so Whatever you feel makes a good story, mm-hmm. um, obviously judging every movie you watch because of it. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I have a, a big theory on if you have a favorite movie of all time or just like a top five, mm-hmm. that's your taste. That is your taste written out uh, that's informing what you view, even if you don't intentionally do it. So if uh, my favorite movies, my top three favorite movies have, have been and will probably always be Star Wars, I'm sorry, Back to the Future, Star Wars A New Hope, and Evil Dead 2. Oh, solid choices. Yeah. But when I look at a movie that I love uh, that's new, it will share some elements of all three of those. Mm -hmm. You know? So all three of those are really funny movies. Yeah. So comedy is pretty high, but not a straightforward comedy. Right. You know? Yeah, it's not like a knocked up or a... Or a, some other Seth Rogen yeah. movie, or a Kevin Smith thing, Kevin or, Smith movie, yeah, or uh, etc. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like that's um, you've talked about like all right, like kind of having your expectations make sense, right? You know, like this is what it is, yeah. And then the movie basics, and I, if you want to get more specific, like I said, go to those YouTube channels. You yeah. can look at like you know shots and performances and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, what, what comes next? Um, how much you get caught up in it. Okay. And that's again personal. That's yeah. That's personal. Mm-hmm. Like um you could if you're in by 10 minutes, you're in. Yeah. Um if you're still wanting to look at your phone in 20 minutes, probably not. Probably not. And that's even movies that are acclaimed. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that looking at your if you're watching at home, that's the greatest test of a good movie's working for you or not. Mm-hmm. Cuz if you have your phone next to you and you're reaching for it, you're not into the movie. Right. I know this is kind of a... It's very... This is the, where it gets real subjective. It gets real subjective. The, the first two things were obviously a little more concrete. Like, this is really it's, a personal taste. And that's the thing. Films are, at the end of the day, art subjective. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so that's why, like, if you really, really love movies uh, and you're sticking around to talk about it and you want to dive into it, you got to really examine why you love it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a... The, there's an attitude I don't like when, especially in the age of CinemaSins, where uh, the CinemaSins Nit, YouTube channel. Nitpicking. Nitpicking. Everything. everything. It was everything. funny at first, but then it was just Well, then it gets sad. Yeah. And so it's like, for me, it's like, why do you go watch a movie to pick a fight? Mm-hmm. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Like some people go in going, all right, movie, impress me. When why? No, no, that's not what you're there Seriously. for. That's, yeah. that, I would argue that's the relationship like, like a, the relationship a person has with art is pretty much like that art has to leave an impression on yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing that like you can, when you, when you say stuff like impress me or like it should go this way, like you're already projecting something else that this movie's probably not going to have. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. And that's become a shitty attitude, mm-hmm. I feel like. Also, I feel like people have to be a little more open-minded to when the movie was made, mm-hmm. the time period, what's the expectations of that movie being made. Yeah. Um, I, I love uh, It's a Wonderful Life, mm-hmm. you know? That movie still is about 90% still relevant to this day. There is about 10% that goes, ooh, and that's the 1940s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way with the Revenge of the Nerds. Ooh. Yeah, there's ooh. some problematic scenes there. You're like, oh, no. That, that <laughs> one, I have fond memories of that movie, but mm-hmm. I can't defend yeah. a good Back to the Future. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I love that's, that. I still put it on my number one, but even I'm like, listen. Yeah. There's... There's a peeping Tom. Listen, George yeah. McFly is doing a legit sex crime. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it's that's like oh he's just a peeping Tom. I'm like that's not just a just thing. You don't <laughs> you don't say that. Yeah. 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 Um, the big plan, the big plan in the last act of the movie is for Marty to sexually assault his mother. Uh Yet I'm still here saying it's my favorite movie of all yeah. time. I mean, I still have to say that too, but it's like, God, that's that's pretty glaring but when you see, put today's lens on it. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, this is where I feel like the conversation is a lot more complex, mm-hmm. right? I'm here telling you my favorite movie of all time is that movie. I'm also here telling you these are problematic things that are in the movie, mm-hmm. and I'm not here defending those problematic things. Yeah. Those are bad things. Yeah. But it's also was made in 1985. Oh, boy. Like, yeah. that's just the time period. Mm-hmm. You know, like we did on my remake show, we did uh, Nothing New, we did Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tim Burton movie's not good, but. <laughs> oh, it's not. I haven't seen Dumbo, so. That's fine. I, Tim wasn't, I, was, I wasn't in a rush to see it either, so. Don't. You're, <laughs> you're fine. Spoiler for my episode, but none of us like Wolverine couldn't save the movie? <laughs> <laughs> um. But Dumbo had uh, no. That was P.T. No. Barnum. It was a different circus movie. Oh wait, different. Who was it? Who was in this? Oh, it was, it was um, Dane DeVito and Michael Keaton. Michael. Oh, he was him in there, right? Yeah, Michael Keaton's in the movie. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, I totally. I didn't watch any press for that. It's totally fine. Anyway, I know. Again, you're good. But the original Dumbo movie was a movie I loved as a mm-hmm. child. I saw it a lot, and when my recent viewing of it, there was all of a sudden. I'm sure. You know, like I knew about the crows. Yeah. I knew how problematic the crows were. But then there was a song that I loved as a child that I'm hearing it now, and there's a couple of lyrics that really stood out and I went, Oh bad, that's bad. Oh. It's like the happy roundabouts, I think is there something. Happy rest of roundabouts. And there's a couple of songs where we work all week, we work all day, and waste our money going. We waste our money away, way, way. And it's clear that the workers are all black. <sighs> ah, Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's not good. <laughs> Even Lady in the Tramp, a movie I loved as a kid, um, all of a sudden I heard like, oh yeah, they're uh 
they're trying to figure out what to do with, with, with the problematic Siamese cat song. Like, huh? What do you do? Oh, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking fucked up. I loved that song as a kid. And all of a sudden, what are you talking? Oh, dear God. Right. Oh, why did I get older? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh. no. I That's shattered everything. Mm-hmm. I love that song. But yes, that is a bad thing. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, God. it's it's learning to separate, but mm-hmm. acknowledging what's good. Yeah. You know? And that kind of goes back to what we we're talking about. Like, I wish people's critiques were a little more nuanced. It's like, yeah. listen, I know this, this, and this was bad, but I went on the ride and I had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the crux. You've been on the, the Sincere Garbage segment a bunch of times, but yeah. like, that's kind of the crux of it. Like, I know the movie's bad, mm-hmm. but there's still a chance I'm probably going to enjoy the fuck out of it. Like, Life yeah. Force turned out to be like, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like bad, yeah. but also the audacity of Life Force, mm-hmm. I kind of love. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that they committed space pirates. Yeah. And you watch the movie and, well, I'll be damned. You've committed- Or space vampires. These are, what's that? Uh, vampires, not pirates. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, space vampires. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, you committed to space vampires. You were not lying. That is a space coffin. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to stab them in the heart via a space weapon. You're not lying. Yeah. This 100% is space yeah. vampires. That's wild. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, I mean, when when you say, like, how it impacts you, I would also add to that, like, you know, go on the ride first. Yeah. Don't just, just watch it. Let it impact you. Obviously, like you said, like, if you're on your phone 20 minutes in, you're not you're, you're done. into it. But yeah. you've just got to, like, go on the ride first and see what they're trying to do Yeah. Um, before you can really judge anything. Yeah. I find myself a lot of times if I have to do a show about it or talk about it in, at length, I'll go and watch it twice. Sure. So it came in handy for Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like I had to like I had to watch it like alone because the first time you're seeing it, you're like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? And you're just you're on the ride, and yeah. it's a great ride. Yeah. Um, the second time around, when it's like, okay, now I can be a little more critical about. It. I know what's gonna happen. I can really look and like see what's working here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And sometimes it takes a while. Yeah, to get to to find out really the analytical problem of a movie, mm-hmm. you know, um, but that's okay. Yeah. Also, you know, it's I I feel like if something works, it works, and you could readjust to the time period, and then yeah, sometimes you fall in, you fall out of love mm-hmm. with something because you realize you're too old for it, or you uh, go against it in other ways. You know, uh, movies that uh, like a movie that you thought was amazing at ten is probably not amazing at thirty. Yeah. You know, nostalgic goggles are. For real, man, they are they are tight. You know? Yeah, um, I find myself sometimes ha- being afraid to like go back to a movie because it's like oh, I was really fond of that one, but I'm like now everyone's saying like yeah, it kind of sucked. I'm like oh no, yeah. <laughs> I leave something still in the box. Like, I'll leave <laughs> it. It's fine. <laughs> it's like you know what? Memories are better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so once you um, go along for the ride and mm-hmm. you kind of like absorb it yeah is, is there anything next after that for you um <clears throat> you know it's, it, the the fun the last scenes are really crucial mm-hmm. how do you wrap the the damn thing up mm-hmm. um i i forgot who said it but i remember hearing like it was in a it was in a commentary track from roger ebert and i forgot he it, Roger didn't say didn't originate this quote it might have been john houston director john houston might have originated but um or something, but like a movie has 
three great scenes, no bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Tarantino might have said this in another interview where he was like, if the movie ends great, you can kind of forgive the rest of the movie. Mm. If the movie ends bad, it felt like, again, hey, guess what? This is tying back to Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. If the movie ends bad, it felt like you were betrayed. Yeah. Because you can watch a movie that has a eh, act one, eh, act two, and then something happens in act three mm-hmm. that makes you go, whoa, what the hell? That's kind of, yeah, yeah, like that's kind of how I feel about, um, remember that first Godzilla, uh, God, I'll have to be more specific, that Godzilla movie that came out a few years ago. Godzilla 2014? Yes. It's funny, yeah. That was yeah, I was that. just like, oh, that finale was great. That was a fun last half hour. Yeah. The, the Everything leading up to it was kind of like, almost too slow you know yeah. i i did a revisit of it mm-hmm. because the new one's coming out soon and i did a revisit of it and i'm like i loved i like really liked it a lot when it came out but yeah. you're totally right this this recent viewing oh yeah the human stuff is eh. mm-hmm. aaron terry johnson is whatever mm-hmm. in this again not his fault it's just his character wasn't really that compelling mm-hmm. But then those last 30 minutes kick in. Oh, boy, that was fun. And, yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. And then I love, love that last scene. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Like, I re- and I realized, like, oh, I've only rewatched the last 30 minutes the, since 2014. <laughs> like, I don't watch the rest of the movie. I literally just watched the last 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh, my God, the fight's great and Atomic Breath and and all that shot of, of Godzilla walking back to the ocean and then the ocean getting in the still because he's God. Yeah. Like, oh, my fuck. I love all that yeah. shit. Rest of the movie is whatever. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a waste of Ken Watanabe, but whatever. <laughs> it's kind of a case of, of him and Cranston. I'll mm-hmm. agree. Oh, that's right. I forgot See, he everyone, was in the first one. See? Oh, wow. So, um... Uh, but the movie's third act so good mm-hmm. and so fun that you kind of give a lot of the act one and two some some grace. That's and kinda, then that's you kind of watch- how I feel about uh, Life Force too. Yeah, yeah. But that's things. Yeah, like so. A thing with going back to the three good scene things, right? Is like, like without spoiling a certain other, pick another good movie you really like. Uh, I'll go simple. Godfather. Godfather. Okay. Okay. Can you think of three good scenes you really love from that movie? Oh yeah. Okay. Totally. Is there any scene that really sucks? That really sucks. Um, but like sucks so much that it's like, what the fuck's that doing here? No, I can't think of one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I don't want to assume. Keep pick. Tell me your three scenes you really love, real quick. Um. So, the whole thing with um, <clears throat> well, obviously the finale. Yeah. When when all the killings are going down. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. There's also the. Uh, oh, I like the uh, the tenseness of um, Michael when he's about to kill the uh, guy in the restaurant. The, yeah, the guy in the restaurant. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fantastic scene. Mm-hmm. And then uh, oh, what's another good one? I mean, God, even the opening, the wedding. Yeah. Like that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and see, yeah, like the thing, right? Like that movie. You can think of three very quickly. You mm-hmm. didn't have to struggle very hard. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, you thought of three really great scenes in that movie. And you could probably struggle to find a scene that's not good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a key thing to a good movie is what John Huston said. And then what Tarantino kind of said is like, 
if you can think of three great scenes in a movie, then that movie's really good to you. Mm-hmm. And then if the finale really works, if that last scene really works, that movie's really good to you. Um, like, uh, think of a more recent... Um, da, 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 John da. Wick. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see, wait, you see Spider-Verse? Yes. Okay. Have, yeah. There are no bad scenes. No. And the finale is great. Yeah. The last fin- the last scenes are great. Um, the stuff with, with Miles and his dad is great. Mm-hmm. Um, there are the three great scenes. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to put a spoiler word on everything, but like there are three great scenes for me in that movie that I'm like, I can't believe that worked as well as it did. Mm-hmm. And there are no bad scenes no. in Spider-Verse. And yeah. it's like those things to me, it's like I walk out of a movie and it's like sometimes at the end of the day, it's like a decent movie is a decent movie. Hey, some movies are fine. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's another thing I wanted to talk about too. It's just like, hey, it doesn't have to be the shittiest thing you've ever seen, or give it all the awards kind of good. Yeah, yeah. No, some, some are just fine. Some movies are fine. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. Like I walk, you walk out of a movie, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. like, it's like that was fun. Fine. That's yeah. Fun. It's Teflon. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of rolls off you. Doesn't stick. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. Um, and a year later, you may struggle if you saw it or not. Mm-hmm. But that's better than then that's okay too, you know. I, I it's there is some fun of a movie being so bad and or that made you upset that you're like, What the fuck? For me that was a Tooth Fairy with the rock. Have you ever seen that one? Ooh, no, um <sighs> I passed. That was probably again, we did it on the, the bad movie segment for the mm-hmm. show, but uh that was probably the one where I got like legit angry. <laughs> like like I, I like and I and I watched it like more than once just so I had notes, um, and I was just furious. <laughs> <laughs> there are way worse movies than this one, but I will say the one that sticks to me still, because uh, it's the first episode I did for my podcast, Nothing New, mm-hmm. is The Mummy with Tom Cruise. <sighs> oh, that was terrible. That was, did yeah. you see it? Um, funny enough, we, I saw it on a date, Ooh. and it was kind of a mood killer. Yeah, it yeah. would be. <laughs> it would be. I... I saw the movie and I told, you know, it's on our episode, but like I was telling Andrew going like, Hey, you know, I know it was my idea to say we should start with the mummy. <laughs> I kind of hate me right now. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is trying to be so many things except what it should be. Yeah. And I think get, there goes my little thing now, not to go super analytical about Tom Cruise's the mummy. We all forgot mm-hmm. the first and only film in the dark universe. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Hey, it only takes two hours to watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the fastest <laughs> marathon you ever <laughs> Fastest binging you're Dark Universe marathon in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one movie, and it's like people don't even stay for it. <laughs> but um, that's a movie where like, I saw what they were trying to do, and they they missed a mark in every direction. Mm-hmm. That's what made me mad about I it. I couldn't tell you too much about the movie. Does he end up as the mummy or yeah. something like that? That's what it is, right? Okay. Yeah. The yeah. bullshit ending is Tom Cruise is the mummy. Yeah. <laughs> because he's like a superhero mummy. Yeah. And the movie can go fuck itself. <laughs> superhero mummy. That just made I might be going nuts. That made me think of like an old animated series from when I was a kid. Mummy's alive. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Mummy's Alive. <laughs> I would have much preferred that, to be honest. That's Ow. that's a better example of like we know what this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Absolutely. 
<laughs> like, I was a kid who was obsessed with, like, Egyptian mythology and art. Mm-hmm. So Mummy Elias was totally my shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, oh. Stargate, totally my shit. Right. You know? <laughs> so, like, um, yeah, if it was more like that, I would super be more down for Mummy's Alive than that garbage with Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. what What's the worst movie you've had to do on that show? Oh, wait. Actually, sorry. Mm-hmm. With The Mummy, did you compare it to the... Brendan Fraser one or the, uh, the original? Oh, both. Okay. We, we, we actually didn't do Fraser's movie. Oh, okay. Um, we, that must we have been really do, interesting then. We yeah. tried to do the oldest version possible mm-hmm. and then uh, compare it to the newest one. Mm-hmm. But it, we started the Patreon a little bit after that. Our Patreon episodes are the the middle ones. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say we, we, did, we did the Grinch, right? Mm-hmm. So we watched the original animated, you know, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Boris Karloff uh, doing the narration. And then... We we did the uh, CGI animated Grinch movie, which was whatever. There was a CGI Grinch. Yeah, everyone forgot about it. It came out last year. What? Yeah. Who was in it? Bendit Cumberbatch was the voice of the Grinch. (gasps) Oh, okay. Now I remember. But our Patreon episode was the Jim Carrey movie. Okay. So if we did a Patreon in the first episode, we would have definitely done The Mummy, and I would have had no problem talking about that movie. (laughs) I kind of have a fondness for that one. Well, if you ever do Old Boy, I'm calling dibs now. Oh, yeah. No, okay. Well, that's if you're if that's you calling it, then yeah, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, but yeah, um, that was a yeah. What was the point? Wait, what were we trying to get to? That? Uh, we were trying to get through like what what do we need to? Oh yeah, oh, it's your process for like assessing oh, yeah. a movie. Really. Yeah. Um, um so, where, where we leave off? It, we were talking about like after the ride. Uh, after the ride. Yeah. Okay, so the movie's done, yeah. and the and the last the credits were rolling. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, then I kind of just sort of, I do take the gut reaction in first. I don't mm-hmm. tweet about it anymore, but <laughs> I, yeah. I, I do walk out, and uh, it's kind of weird sometimes, like, I'm not going to lie, I kind of like watching movies on my own now. Oh, I've always done that. Yeah. yeah. I got, there'll be a couple times where I'm like, I really need to see this with a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times, honestly, I would, especially if it's a more artsy art house movie, I yeah. would way rather watch that on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like... I would watch it on my own, and then I'll kind of absorb it and think about it. Um, if I'm in L.A., I'll do the super most L.A. thing in the world and just get a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, time to chill it up with the other film fanatic hipsters. You know? And the other ones that are on their laptops, it's like, I'm writing. Can everyone see that I'm writing? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing. I'm, I'm currently working on my screenplay. <laughs> and oh, he's like, oh, what do I do for this scene? <laughs> I don't know, sir. I am currently on my pilot spec script. Um, <laughs> it's also true, though. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, specifically on uh, on Sunset, any coffee shop there, you see like fucking eighty of them. Um, but like, no. If it's let's say like, I, I did you see the movie uh, Boyhood? Uh, Boyhood? No, I didn't. Okay. Boyhood, I saw my own. And That's one I know I wanted to see, but again, like, lately it's just been, if I'm going to the theaters, it's just been for, like, Marvel stuff, like, big yeah. blockbusters. It's been a while since I've sat down and watched some artsy films. Yeah. I think the last thing I saw on Netflix was, um, oh, was it Blue is the Warmest Color? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that might have been, like, the last thing. That was a few years ago Oh, already. wow. Yeah. Um, Boyhood I saw a couple years ago and I saw it in theaters on my own. Like, I figured like no one's going to sit through watching yeah. a three hour 
epic story mm-hmm. of, a, of a young kid's life through his adulthood. Mm-hmm. And then that movie like wrecked me. Like I was, huh. I was just in my chair, like, mm-hmm. like drained in a good way. I did like, I felt like wobbly walking out of wow, the theater. Okay. Like I was, I was like, holy shit, you know, I definitely need coffee now. Yeah. <laughs> and it was good. I kind of absorbed my thoughts and, and how I felt about it. But this is also one of those rare cases where I saw this like, you know, art house three hour movie and he immediately told folks like, you want to see it? Yeah. Now I need to share it. Yeah. Um, that's a good sign mm-hmm. is that like if I see something and I mean like I, I need it I want I want someone else to watch it now mm-hmm. now I want to share it you know um, I that's the thing I I loved when I was younger that I could wish I could do now but it's, you know my home my current living situation but I used to just have people come over and we'll just do movie nights oh nice and, and I'll curate mm-hmm. you know um, I, last year I did a thing uh, where I did like a kind of like hey hey come over and we'll I have and, and we'll I'll just pick a, I picked a movie for everyone to watch and then I even put trailers in front of it. Like oh, I, you you made the movie experience yeah at home. Like I did a I did a movie where it's like it's a, this bizarre but fun Russian action short film that was made relatively recently, mm-hmm. and I watched it a couple times. And went I think people might dig it. You said Russian action, I'm like already in. Yeah, yeah. it's actually it's major. It's called Major Grom. Oh, what? Okay, I already have to look that up. And it's available on YouTube, subtitled. Oh, sweet. And it's a way, it's just a super fun action thing. So what I did was, I had people over, they brought food, and then I'm like, cool, um, here's some trailers. And I just loaded up with, like, action movie trailers yeah. of, like, I put Jackie Chan's police story. Oh, I put okay. Not, nothing recent. You're, like, putting I, stuff you like. I, like, put stuff I like, but it's also within the genre. Yeah. So I'm getting you in the headspace of cop movie. That's a great idea. And so when you get to the short film, um, I basically found a way to like get you hyped mm-hmm. for the short film. Um, it's, it's a trick I've kind of learned from like there was a festival that Edgar Wright did at the New Bev 10 years ago called The Wright Stuff. <laughs> and he did he this did. and Tarantino did this when he had his own festival where it's like they just curated trailers they liked in front of movies oh, and double features that's cool. they liked. Yeah. And that's kind of the fun. It's like there was like, oh, if you you can make a double feature of yourself, you can make up your own double feature. And then the fun as the movie nerd that I am is, oh, what trailers will put you in the mood? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a trailer that was better than the movie? Always. Yeah. Always. I, I can think of my example. My example would be uh I don't know if you remember this one, Legend, with uh, Tom Hardy. Yeah. I remember seeing yeah. the trailer, and I was like, I am sold. And then I, I, I actually bought the movie because I missed its theatrical run. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, this is... I mean, he's fine in it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that trailer, too, and I was like, dude, this looks great. Yeah. It kind of got hampered... The movie got hampered down by like the actual facts that had to... Because it was based on a true story. Right, right. If they had just made a crazy gangster movie with Tom Hardy as twins, that probably would have worked out better. Right. No, I... It's funny. I wanted to see that so bad because of the trailer, too. Mm-hmm. And then like when it came out, like I heard crickets. Like No one was talking about it. Yeah. And I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. I'll wait till home video. Mm-hmm. You know? Um... But yeah, no, I uh, yeah. To, to go back to my process again, to just wrap it up. I mm-hmm. I see a movie and uh, depending on like if it's an action movie, mm-hmm. like let's say a John Wick. Yeah, I'm gonna walk out probably if John Wick one. I walked out going like, well, that was fucking great. Yeah. Did you see? <laughs> are you caught up? 
No, I will be watching John Wick 3 tomorrow. It's fantastic. Can't wait. I can't hype it up for you. I can't hype it up enough for you. Like, I, it's, I, it's good. I'm upset yeah. that I couldn't watch it last week. <laughs> like, I was a busy, it was a busy week for me uh, last week because, like, um, I did, um, I did Godzilla King of the Monsters early screening. See, now I'm jealous of you. Cause... Uh, <laughs> and, uh, side, give you a little hint without saying too much because, um, this is, this will be dropping the movie, the week the movie comes out. Yeah, this will come out, uh, Tuesday. Yeah, uh, Tuesday. So, remember the thing I told you about, about me wanting to see a movie and then wanting to bring friends to watch it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm itching on Thursday. <sighs> so I'm like, I'm like, I, I literally called a bunch of folks. Like, hey, so you guys are free next Thursday to watch Godzilla King of the Monsters? Are you guys cool with that? You want to do that? Shit, just, I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm going to a wrestling <laughs> show Thursday. God damn it. Um, I'm still going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, I then, on my free day, I had to watch the movie for my next remake episode. Mm-hmm. And that's all the time I had. And I was so mad because I'm not watching John Wick. <laughs> like, that was, that, was, that, was, that was fucking killing me. Like, I'm in the theater, paid a ticket to watch the movie that I'm recording um, my next episode of Nothing New on and I'm sitting around I'm not fucking watching John Wick what was the, the bullshit mo- what was the movie uh, the movie is called The Hustle with the Anne Hathaway and the Rebel Wilson that's a remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels no shit yeah whoa hey that's a play for my next episode that's, like, be- a, that's <laughs> like a sneaky way to do a remake it's like oh it's it's, it's original wink yeah like, yeah <laughs> we it, gave it a different title yeah no, and but if you watch, if you know Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and you see that trailer and you're like, wait a minute, I know those scenes. Oh, shit. Wait, that's that's what I happened to me. no idea. No, I, I haven't seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels in a while, but there's some really iconic scenes in that movie. And when the trailer came out, I was like, wait a minute. Wait, that's, wait, is this Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? And then the trailer ends with these bad women are going to take, are going to bring down some dirty, rotten men. I went... Oh, oh shit! <laughs> oh wow, I had no idea. Yeah, but oh. mind you, I was watching that movie as opposed to John Wick. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm really uh, sorry. I won't say what my go enjoy on John movie, Wick, but tomorrow. I'm going. I could be watching John Wick. Just, just I could be watching John my Wick boy. I could be watching my boy Mark Dacascos mm-hmm. fighting Keanu Reeves. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to you this way: like when I saw it, and I saw it, I was lucky enough to go to a press screening for it. Mm-hmm. Normally, press screen, they're they're very like muted. They're like yeah. taking notes. They're just kind of like oh, yeah. do it. Uh, not with this one. <laughs> <laughs> there I've been was, to some of those now, by the way. So yeah, you're right. Those you're totally were right. Cheer- there were cheers. It was people were invested. Yeah, it was just like good god. Um, yeah, go. This is this is geek offensive. Brought to you by John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but uh, Justin, let's let's wrap up. Uh, let's bring it back. Let's get mm-hmm. to your step back to your steps again. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's uh, well, what was the first step? Okay, um, understanding the movie. You're there watching. we go. Um, the intent. Yeah. Um, then, the intent's a good word. Yeah, yeah, the intent of the movie. You know. Um, and then kind of uh, I forgot what part two was, but I think um, it's, it's kind of the movie basic. That's what kind of we, yeah movie we basic. Deep, so okay, yeah. so like you know. Uh, you know your own personal taste, so mm-hmm. after you understand the movie's intent, then your personal taste will know what you like out of yeah. acting, writing, and directing, mm-hmm. uh, and editing, yeah. and, and all that stuff. Yeah, unless you're feeling adventurous, like, don't go to something that's going to be outside of your, your zone. zone. Yeah. And so, but if you are ready to dive a little weird, mm-hmm. yeah, go for it. Yeah. You know? That's where I'm at, personally. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll go see weird. That's no, fine. go see yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Gaspar Noah's movie, mm-hmm. do, if you want weird... 
That's weird. Okay, I'll check that out. Yeah, anything by that director. Okay, uh, he did Enter the Void. I've heard of it. I don't. Know, I haven't. That's seen a, it. Okay. That's a fucking trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I can watch it again, but I'm glad <laughs> I did. <laughs> but anyway, um, kind of know uh, what you personally. It's all about personal taste again, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, if just know what you like out of a story, out of a movie, uh, and uh, out of a uh, the basics of it. Of, yeah, but I'm kind of rambling, but know what you remember, what you like, because you at the end of the day, your taste is still your taste, mm-hmm. and no one can change that. Um, and then when the movie is kind of wrapping up, think about, kind of go with the the John Houston and uh, maybe possibly the Tarantino thought is, were there three great scenes and no bad ones? Mm-hmm. You can still have three great scenes and three bad ones. It's fine. But, but were there three great scenes? Yeah, were there three great and scenes? And was one of those great scenes at the end? <laughs> yeah, and was it the, and yeah, is the end great mm-hmm. to you? Because not every movie... Yeah. Not everyone can agree, as as we've learned with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can agree on an no. ending. No, you know, like some people can like the approach of an ending. Some people could totally reject the ending. That's on again. That's on you, mm-hmm. on your personal taste. Like sometimes I get a little frustrated at say an indie movie that's character based and um and it's like they'll again they'll get me for the first two acts of like oh, these are really great relatable characters. Oh, the writing is really strong. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the acting's great. And there's new, you know, it's this uh, blah, 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 blah. Then you get to the last scene. And then I, oh, I get so annoyed. Because <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the ending of so many indie movies. Mm-hmm. Is that the last scene is an ambiguous ending. Oh, I hate that. No, right? you're absolutely right. Yeah. It was movies I really loved that I thought, oh, it's such a great character-based story. It's just just three people talking. I love that. It's great. And you're doing a good job, and the acting is great. Then they get to the last scene, and it cut to black. And I went, fuck you, uh, to end it. End the movie. Why do I think of Coen Brothers when I when I hear that? Um, Cause, Cause, uh, maybe because they're more, they're more abrupt, I guess. They're, yeah, like for No Country for Old Men, that's an abrupt ending. Yeah. yeah but at that one, I didn't get mad at. Yeah. You know? um, they're kind of known for... Yeah, sharp endings like mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, like um, if the ending does work, but sometimes that ending is good. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if the ending works for you, and then yeah, just suss it out. Yeah. Let it breathe, mm-hmm. like wine and shit. You know, <laughs> like, let it think about it. Let it let it stew in your brain before you react badly or positively. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, it's pretty much it. It's like know the intent, mm-hmm. get, get, know the movie basics, know your tastes, go on the ride. I yeah, think is the main one. That's go on the ride, one, yeah. and then uh, then digest it. Digest it. Digest it is yeah. the best. Yeah, definitely. The, if there's anything you're gonna take out of this episode, mm-hmm. um, digest. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are forgetting to digest. Yeah, um, and. That's hurting their emotional state, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, yeah, really bad. I'm just like, I get concerned about some people. I'm like, hey, maybe you need some help if this is what's causing you so much pain. If the last episode of a show with a dragon is making you upset. Yeah, maybe that's a you problem. Yeah, after uh, perfect point. Like after I digested it, I was like, I'm just happy there's a fucking TV show with a flying dragon on it. I'm just. <laughs> But yeah, that was a. I, I think with those four steps, I think nerds will be a lot happier. And I think people who are new to this type of fiction and digesting movies and being a critic, like, yeah. will be a lot happier as well. I think 
if you want to still do this, mm-hmm. right? You still want to, and everyone mostly wants to still watch media, mm-hmm. watch films and television. You got to watch it differently now. Yeah, that's what I would say. Is mm-hmm. if you're watching it the same way and you're feeling the same frustrations, pause and go. If you really want to dive in deep, do it like this. Yeah. If you don't, hey, most normal people don't do this. Mm-hmm. Move on. Yeah. I, I kind of envy the people who watch a movie and went, oh, it's fine. And then they didn't. Yeah. Doesn't bother their day at all. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't bother their day at all. I had a friend who, um, he moved to Montana. Okay. And he came back to visit. And I was talking with him and he's like, you know what? Movies don't interest me anymore. I'm sorry. I hope that doesn't offend you. But like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm out there. I'm, I, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm cutting wood. I'm going on hikes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have any interest in watching a movie anymore and I, or a TV show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I know that's your thing. I went, dude, dude, do you have any idea how fucking refreshing this is? <laughs> I would rather... I, Dude, you have no idea how down I am to not talk about media right now. Yeah. Please fucking talk to me about anything else. What do you want to talk about? And we talked for four hours. <laughs> like, it reminded me that I can talk about other shit besides Yeah, it's movies. like, oh, I don't have... I have other stuff going on in my life. Yeah. This is great. This <laughs> is great. This is great. This is fantastic. I feel like I'm a full person again. Because I do so much talking. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love talking about it. Yeah. Clearly, mm-hmm. I have so many outlets to choose from. Yeah. But, yeah, that doesn't define me completely. I have other interests. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing people have to do is like, find your other interests. Mm-hmm. But if you want to still absorb this media and film yeah. and television, books, whatever... You gotta start absorbing it differently because your mass absorption is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, like, do do you like eating a shitload of French fries at once? No, it's terrible. But if you just slowly enjoy the French fries, yeah, it's still French fries. Let's not lie; it's not good for you. Yeah, yeah. But it'll be easier on you than mm-hmm. shoveling down, yeah, a big handful of fries in your mouth. Mm-hmm. You know easier to digest that way exactly (laughs) (laughs) well just this was fantastic thank you so much for talking to me about this and like uh again being i mean bringing all these really great points in so uh again folks remember follow those four steps uh if you want to get more academic about there's plenty we've mentioned plenty of stuff online you can look at take a class read a book about it something (laughs) um i'll I'll say these specific like youtube channels for sure if Mm -hmm. you want like a real good list of like youtube essays one more time uh uh every frame painting Lindsay ellis uh, Nerdwriter One. I don't know if I sent you one no, of his videos. He's another one. really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot brows held high. Um, Patrick Willems, who's actually a buddy of mine. Oh, um, he's gotten really, really good at video essays. Um, oh, okay. He did a video. I haven't watched it yet, but he did a video on John Wick that I'm sure you're going to like. Ooh, okay. Um, uh, Film Joy is another really good one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the films with Mikey. He's really good. Um, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the good ones. Just watch them. <laughs> yeah, it's a great starting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, shoot, Justin, thank you again so much. Um, is, is there anything uh, you want to plug or a place where they can find people can find you? Yeah, um, you can still find me on Twitter at Justin Kizan, uh, Instagram at Justin Quiz. Um, I uh, I'm still doing uh, streams and videos over at that hashtag show. I do a show called Box Office Showdown where we do talk more movie talk and what's coming out that week. Um, that's every other week now. I'm kind of lowering my appearances on that show. <laughs> um, 
I also do uh, quick videos on Japanese tokusatsu videos there. We have a video that's coming out this week. That this the first episode we've done with no tokusatsu talk. This is true. Wow. And I found a way to bring it in. Wow. <laughs> All right. There we go. Um, but we have a video that's coming out this week that I wrote that's about the top five big Sentai deaths. Mm-hmm. So by the time this this a podcast should be dropped off, uh, you will see the spoiler-filled video <laughs> that's on YouTube. Um, also, uh, my re- remake podcast, Nothing New, uh, on June 1st, me, Emily Schmemily, and my other buddy, Victor Perfecto, will be launching Go Go Godzilla our yes. new monthly Godzilla podcast. Oh, it has a title now. I remember asking you about this a while ago. <laughs> Go Go Godzilla, it will be a 30 to 40 minute monthly show in which we do his we give you the historical facts on each Godzilla film. Oh man, that's going to be a great one. Yeah, I'm it's a big Godzilla fan. We're not we're not we're, we're, we'll do some opinion, but it's actually just going to be informative. Oh, so, I like that. Yeah, so we'll tell you the history of the character, what's going on in Japan in the time period the movie was made. I think that's huge for Japanese films, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Um I do stuff for Screen Rant. Uh so I do a lot of press junket interviews, uh be on the lookout for Screen Rant in by the time this drops this episode drops, and probably within next week, I interviewed Ken Watanabe, O'Shea Jackson Jr., and director Michael Doherty of Godzilla Kingdom Monsters. So jealous of you. <laughs> I, did a, I did each of them are a 10-minute interview uh, that you can read on Screen Rant. Um, I'm excited for people to read these interviews. They're pretty spoiler-heavy, so they're probably going to come out after the movie comes oh, okay. out. Okay, I'll watch the movie first. Then. Yeah, definitely yeah, watch yeah. the movie first. But... Um, I had a blast talking about all three. I could give you a little hint. Uh, Wanabi is 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 uh, is class act, uh, but funny. Uh, O'Shea Jackson is a fucking nerd, and it was a blast talking to him. Like l- I like legit, but like oh, I've talked to you. I've talked to guys like you. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and Michael Doherty was um, again another nerdy guy who knew his shit. And um, I yeah, I had a blast talking to all three. I can't believe I had that opportunity. It was That's really fucking great. awesome. What? Um, so that should be on Screen Rant uh, within the week. And uh, that should do it. All right. And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on, and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. The Geek Offensive has its own social media with the handle at Geek Offensive. And it's we're, just, we're on just about everything. Uh, this show is part of the Geek Say What Network. So big thank you to the network and to JPG, our executive producer. He's making me say thank you to him. Um, big thank you to the network for providing a platform where I can talk about nerdy stuff like this uh, every week. Um, the network has a plethora of other shows available right now on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your talking. First up, we have Ready, Said Geek, your starting line to Geek Culture, hosted by Alex Catherine. We have uh, our trivia podcast, Geek KO, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish. We have Nerds on a Roll, hosted by Rob Lauren and their whole crew. It's a live play RPG. Um, uh, and we have Diverse Geeks in Focus, hosted by Gemma Vidal, putting a lens on marginalized issues within the geek community. Uh, so please download and subscribe to all of those right now. We really do appreciate it. Next shout out goes to our associate producers, Wayland Productions, for providing the space for us, the equipment, uh, and just helping us sound great. You can find them at wayland.ws, and they have uh, audio dramas available right now on Alpha and on Apple Podcasts. Look for We're Alive Frontier on both platforms. Uh, last shout out goes to jordandene.com. That's Jordan, D E N E.com, a uh, geek apparel store out of Brooklyn, New York. They help you look nerdy and they're eco friendly. So uh, 
uh, go there, shop with the promo code GeekSayWhat, and you'll get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. And that's it, Justin. Thank you again. Uh, we got to do this again soon. We got oh, yeah. we, well. Maybe the next one will be all Tokusatsu. We'll make up for it. Hey, your show, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here for it. I'll be from one Justin to another. I'm always dead. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. And to check out r slash don't put your dick in that to join the offensive. Thank you, everybody. Bye.